You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon, and welcome to the second episode of Dear Parliament, the show that opens up Parliament to you, a show that reveals the inner workings and lesser-known facts around legislative amendments and laws which affect you. A show centered around empowering you with the knowledge to participate in policy formation and take control of your democracy. Last week, we had an incredible uh, in-depth chat with a long-serving member of parliament, uh, Deirdre Carter, who served as Deputy General Secretary of COPE for probably around 10 years. Uh, Deirdre chatted about her time on the Constitutional Review Committee and uh, how she was tasked and how the committee was tasked with public participation and public hearings around amending uh, Section 25 of the Constitution. And that was to cater for expropriation without compensation. It was a fantastic chat which revealed really in-depth secrets and uh, processes behind empowering citizens and the value of public participation. And if you missed that show, make sure to visit highfm.com to catch the podcast. Um, Well, what the show is about is public participation and the importance in engaging with, with, uh, with Parliament on several uh, on, on any uh, amendments or legislative changes that, that do take place. And uh, did you know that our Constitution guarantees you the right to have a say in all policy formation and amendments? And, uh, in fact, any administrative decisions that government does does undertake, the wonderful thing about our Constitution is that it was drafted to actually encourage public participation in governance and with, well, with, with the hopes to ensure that we, uh, the people, that's you and me, uh, keep our public representatives, that's our parliamentarians and our members of parliament and even our local representatives, focused on serving and meeting our needs. So, you know, although the, the difference, the definition of, of public participation is, is widely varied, it can be around, uh, Elections, it can be around, it can be around petitions or it can be around having your say in, in local matters. Um, the definition of a parliamentarian is actually a lawmaker. And not many people actually do know that our parliamentarians are, are tasked with making laws and amending laws that might be out of date or out of kilter with, with current situations. However, they are often out of touch with, with society. Um, we can't blame them. We have a very, very society in, in our, in our wonderful country, but there's huge disparities. And if parliamentarians aren't, uh, fed with the information, with your voice from your region and, uh, alerted to local issues and, uh, instances around you, then they, they won't be able to make uh, proper laws. So what's, what we have to do is we've got to keep, uh, public participation active, we've got to keep our parliamentarians informed, and we have to keep them on their toes in order to best serve us, serve us correctly. 
And we will we'll take a, a quick break. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to What A What Point Now, IFM. I'm Rob Hutchinson, and you're listening to Dear Parliament. Now, with all the buzz around the minister's budget speech today, a lot of attention has been been around the introduction of new new taxes, amendments to existing taxes, and perhaps an increase in in, in current taxes. Um, we've actually seen several bills pass through Parliament over the last few months, including a draft tax uh, bills and, and rates bill, a tax laws amendment bill, uh, financial inclusion policies, minimum wage proposals, the employment equity bill, uh, fiscal framework and revenue proposals. And, and a lot of these are, are valid in, in some points and rather disturbing, disturbing in others. Um, our Minister of Finance recently called for public comments and suggestions on how to grow the economy and what should be, what should be presented in, in today's budget speech. And we've seen many suggestions, um, most of them the usual, the usual suggestions, including obviously addressing corruption, uh, close most of the SOEs, in, including SAA, which I think would be probably a, a very good thing to do, or perhaps privatize it would be even a better thing to do. And the obvious one is cutting public spending and addressing uh, the corruption around that. But you know, what is often overlooked is the uh, extra revenue that is generated from what some may call stealth taxes. Now, now stealth taxes can come in in many forms, including uh, stamp duties, including levies, or hidden costs related to uh, services or or other taxes. One stealth stealth tax that we are going to focus on is traffic fines. That's an often overlooked area where that generates substantial uh, money for government and municipalities. And what we're going to find out is how reliant on, on the source of income are these institutions? And will the recently introduced Auto Act and amendments to the Road Traffic Bill actually assist in collection of the much-needed revenue for, for government? Um, on the line with us, we have Howard Demboski from Justice Project South Africa, and he will take us through these little-known facts and threats uh, facing us as citizens of, of South Africa. Howard, good day. How are you? I am very well, thank you, and yourself, Rob. Oh, fantastic. Could not complain. Howard, take us through what the, uh, first of all, perhaps, what uh, Justice Project is and why you're so vocal on on this auto uh, auto bill, the amendments, and mm, is it is it revenue generation? Is it a stealth tax? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Justice Project South Africa was established in 2009-ish, and um, we've been focused on road traffic legislation and its enforcement ever since then. And as you can imagine, we have our, our hands full because. Regrettably, we have um, a complete missing of uh, the meeting of minds when it comes to road traffic legislation in particular and and to its enforcement because by uh, my view, um, 
road traffic law enforcement uh, and regulation of, of road traffic should be focused on, on one thing, and that is road safety, not on revenue generation. And regrettably, we, we have the exact opposite. Now, uh, when we start talking about stealth taxes, I, I need to preface what I'm going to say uh, by saying, well, if you don't want to pay uh, road traffic fine stealth taxes, um, then just try and uh, stick within the framework of the law and you should be okay, uh, provided that we don't have an incident like we had recently with the JMPD plonking a, a speed camera on a freeway when it was supposed to be on an urban road in Santon um, a few kilometers away. Uh, you should be relatively safe. And, and I also need to preface it by saying that um, the JMPD in particular is speed camera fine crazy. Um, in the 2019-20 financial year, 95% uh, by their own version, 95% of fines that they issue were camera speeding fines. So, um, you know, that should give you a pretty good idea. And, of mm. course, our friend Wayne Minar, who I love to debate against because really it's, it's like uh, going to war with an, uh, with an unarmed uh, opponent. Um, you know, he, he turns around on, on um, public television and says that 75% of Johannesburg's motorists uh, disobey the speed limit. And um, then we have private contractors turning around and saying, that they're, uh, they're capturing over 45,000 speeding fines per day, uh, seven wow. days in Johannesburg. So that's, a, uh, that's an so hard. That's that's an incredible amount of of of, of fines issued. Um, just to give us uh, the, the listener the idea of uh, the value behind that is what is the actual value of those 45,000 or the total value per per year of of fines issued. And then what is, what is the amount that's actually collected for, for government or by government? Yeah, you see, this is the difficulty. Um, uh, currently, and, and, and uh, you know, I hate having to say this, I can't wait until we have one system or the other in South Africa. Um, currently, w the ARTA Act applies in Johannesburg and Tuani's jurisdictions only. So um, we have an idea of how much is collected by the Road Traffic Infringement Agency, and then you need to go and start interrogating uh, cities' budgets as to how much they they actually pull from it. But, um, you know, working it on purely on a simple basis of um, the, the minimum fine amount being 250 rand, which, of course, you know, we've got to be uh, sensible about this and give you a 50% discount if you hurry up and pay it. <laughs> um, so uh, if, if you pay within 32 days, then 125 rand of that 250 goes to the Johannesburg Metro Police Department. And, um, you know, if, if you then extrapolate that to uh, around about 4.5 million fines that they issue on an annual basis, um, <laughs> Uh, look, I'm, I'm no mathematician, nor am I an economist, but it is a heck of a lot of money. Um, and the intention of the ARTA Act is now to change the way in which traffic fines get distributed, uh, the revenues from traffic fines get distributed. 
And um, if you don't pay within 32 days, then the discount falls away and the remainder goes to this wonderful organization called the Road Traffic Infringement Agency, who's um, registrar and CEO and um, multiple uh, senior management are currently on suspension uh, under suspicion, in inverted commas, of um, very serious maladministration. Mm, absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm looking, I've just done a quick calculation there, Howard, and uh, just by the 42 million times 125, we're looking... No, oh, 4 million. 4 million. 4 million, four million yeah. times that. Look at 5 billion rand. That's... Uh, Possibly generated from from traffic funds or traffic funds issued. That's a substantial uh, amount going to a, a new agency. You said. Well, yeah, absolutely. The road traffic infringement agency didn't exist um, 15 years ago. It existed. Uh, it only came into existence in, in um, 2010. Um, and uh, it, it's quite astounding that it needs a, a person to head it who gets paid 10.8 million rand a year to do that. Uh, but in any event, um, the purpose is not to sit and bitch and gripe about that. Uh, the purpose is to talk about what is stealth access and what isn't. And, um, you know, my, my view is and always will remain that you should be relatively safe if you stick within the framework of the law. Um, but uh, the, the regrettable thing is that the ARTA Amendment Act, which is what is intended to be rolled out or implemented from the 1st of July this year, um, <laughs> changes the playing field somewhat in, in as much as um, there's, there's no longer an ability for one to elect to be tried in court. So you are de facto guilty until you can prove yourself innocent in writing. Um, and the chances of you proving yourself innocent in writing are pro probably pretty remote. So, um, you know, they've got that one tied up. And, and get this, um, that uh, 250 rand fine that, that I uh, alluded to just now um, mm. is going to increase to 800 rand. So um, under under the Auto Amendment Act's regulations, wow. so you can so, take you so can what, take five billion and times it by three. <laughs> wow, well, that's that's an incredible amount, and that is definitely a stealth tax. Explain to us how the that that two hundred and fifty rand becomes becomes eight hundred rand. Well, um, by the stroke of a pen. Um, Plain and simple, the, the auto, uh, draft auto regulations to accompany the Auto Amendment Act, uh, which incidentally has been signed into law by the President um, in August of 2019. Those draft regulations have, have just taken um, all the uh, penalty amounts and bumped them up by triple or more. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, you just get no say in that. And yeah. yes, you still get your 50% discount. So, you know, I, I do imagine that, 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 that the, the speeding bargain hunters will um, want to uh, run off and get their discount. Uh, but the, what they do need to bear in mind is, is that the Auto Amendment Act will carry with it a points demerit system. Mm. Um, and that points demerit system will lead to your driving license being suspended um, for 
uh, three months for each point over 15 that you exceed the tolerance. Um, and you, your driving license may be sus suspended twice on the third occasion. It is cancelled altogether. So um, I, I would recommend that people um, alter their behavior, first off, uh, but, but start getting a little bit more caring about um, uh, traffic fines and, and interrogating whether they are in fact valid against their particulars or not. But uh, if, if I might just add here, Rob, um, that if, if we want to give power to the argument that it's a stealth tax, um, we've been, we being collectively the, um, the people in Gauteng who are expected to pay this ridiculous thing called ETOLs, um, have been led down the garden path with numerous statements arising out of the presidency, out of the Department of Transport, and all over the place. Um, since uh, August of, of, of 2019, when Suru Ramaphosa turned around and said that he'd given an instruction to Fakili and Balula to come up with a final solution to the e-tolling impasse um, by no later than the 31st of August 2019. Well, here we sit in February uh, 2021, and I, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any lasting solution um, and more especially not one that people were expecting that ETOLs are going to get scrapped, okay? Because <laughs> why? Um, you know, you're sitting with a, a situation where Sanral is collecting less less than 20% uh, of the billings that, that they're putting out there. Um, so along comes the Auto Amendment Act with a nice little, um, uh, let's, let's call it a, a shove factor, Okay, a motivator to you to pay your e-tolls because for each gantry that you drive under as a, pot, uh, as, a, as a private motorist and you do not pay um, the prescribed toll fee, you will be fined um, a, a five, uh, 500 rand or, or 1,000 rand um, depending on what type of vehicle you're driving. But get this, oh. mm -hmm. there are no demerit points associated with it because obviously it has nothing to do with road safety. It would be preposterous if there were. <laughs> so that, that, I think that is the big issue there is um, auto, is, it looks like it's been designed to, to implement and enforce uh, other mechanisms of revenue collection rather than, than focus on, on road safety as the points demerit system uh, was, in, was introduced or was supposed to do. Um, is, is there more evidence to, to point to that fact? Is, is auto effective in, in road, road safety? Or is it just as it as it appears? Well, I've seen no evidence uh, at all that it has contributed to road safety at all. In fact, over the past 12 years um, that it's been in force in in Tawny and Johannesburg, uh, the, the 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 quality of road safety has deteriorated significantly. Um, you know, I don't think that that I need to convince many of your um, uh, listeners, that the uh, driving around on Joburg's road is a hair-raising hair experience of epic proportion these days, because almost everybody does appear to be disobeying the law 
and uh, drives like a goddamn hooligan. <laughs> that's that's absolutely very true. So, I mean, if you look at um, where fines are very difficult to collect, sort of from uh, taxis or, or people that, that just simply won't pay them. How is is Arta going to going to bring that bring that about? And um, well, what what is the actual uh, collection rate of 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 fines? And um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get Howard to answer that question and delve into the uh, problems surrounding the road traffic amendment bill and the uh, alcohol limits that that have been imposed. We'll see you right after the break. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back. <laughs> to well, no, no, no. Uh, it's not bad. That's not bad, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was an adventure indeed. So, uh, yeah, for those who just tuned in. Like, yeah, I love it. Anyway, yes. For those who just tuned in, we're talking to Howard Dimbovsky about the uh, problems and issues surrounding the Auto, Auto Act, the Auto Amendment Bill, and the Road Traffic uh, amendment amendment bill. So, hi, before the break, I pose the question to you: uh, What's the value of of these uh, traffic fines? What percentage get paid, and and so on? Could you fill us in on that? Well, um, look, we've already calculated values, but it, it's a truckload of money. It really is. But uh, therein lies the rub. Um, the Road Traffic Infringement Agency has not reported on the collection rate um, since, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, 2011-2012 financial year. Um, there, uh, and, you know, it's quite apparent why that is. And that is that, that its, um, uh, its total annual revenues don't come anywhere close to the... Um, uh, the figures that, that one can calculate just using a calculator, you don't even need Excel to calculate them, and and at the lowest uh, fine value. So at that time, uh, they they reported that uh, around about 7.3% of traffic fines were actually paid, issued under wow. the, the, the Arta Act. And uh, I think we should bear in mind that one of the primary reasons that the Arta Act was devised and uh, enacted was because um, the allegation was that under the Criminal Procedure Act, only about 20% of traffic fines get paid. Um, so, uh, you know, you can see why uh, there's, there, there's an argument for people should be held accountable, and, and I make that argument all the time. Um, you know, contrary to what a lot of people would like to believe, I don't encourage people to break traffic laws. In fact, I, I have a very good friend who went and paid her traffic fines quickly uh, before telling me that she'd incurred them because she was, she was frightened that I'd give her a mouthful about her behavior. Um, but in any event, um, the fact is that uh, the Arta Act has that covered as it's amended, and it's not a bill, it's an act. Um, so it has been enacted 
um, the only thing that we are waiting for is for um, the uh, for it to be proclaimed to be in force. So um, under the the uh, Arta Amendment Act, um, and and it exists under the Arta Act as well. Um, the the Road Traffic Infringement Agency is equipped with a, a number of really nice little tools, in as much as um, if you don't pay the infringement notice within the first 32 days, then the discount is forfeited and they add, and now I'm talking about the Amendment Act. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it used to be a difficulty that I had, that I had to describe two different processes, now I have to describe three. Um, and that is because the Arta Act and the Arta Amendment Act are not the same. So... Um, the first thing that, that people need to realize is that the law enforcement agencies get a, a glorious 60 days to, to serve an infringement notice on you. So that by the time you become aware for the first time that you've been driving up and down your road exceeding the speed limit because it was changed to generate revenue, um, uh, is 60 days into the event. So you've probably driven up and down that road, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 100 times, uh, and uh, incurred fines on each occasion. But in any event, if you, if you don't cough up within the first 32 days, you forfeit the discount, and the Road Traffic Infringement Agency adds an additional fee of 100 Rand for something called a courtesy letter. Um, which I'm not quite sure why it's called a courtesy letter, since there's nothing courteous about telling you that you've you've lost your discount and uh, you know what we're slapping an extra hundred bucks onto onto your liability. I don't think that's courteous. No. I think that's downright rude. But that's in any of it, um, and uh, you then get a, a further 32 days to cough up. And if you don't do that, then they issue something called an enforcement order, and the enforcement order is the perler because. Uh, not only does it add a an extra hundred rand onto the um, onto the total amount payable, but it also blocks you from renewing your driving license card, your professional driving permit, and your vehicle license disc. So, and when I say your vehicle license disc, if you own multiple vehicles, it blocks all of them. So, you know. Wow. Don't don't think for for two seconds. It's just going to apply to your little Vespa scooter or whatever the heck you've got, and not affect your motor car or your wife's motor car or um, your kid's motor car. It's mm -hmm. going to affect the whole lot. And um, interestingly, under under the draft auto regulations, they now make it a criminal offence to not oh. license the vehicle. So, um, so let me stop you there. How does how does that affect, um, say, fleet owners or or company managers within within a fleet operated company? If you've got drivers at the vehicles registered in the company owner's name, in the driving curse and, and infringement, is the does that equate to a demerit point on on the owner's uh, license? No, it's worse than that. Much worse than that. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me, uh, in, the ter in terms of a private individual, so a natural person, demerit points are incurred on your driving license card. Okay, plain and simple. Um, so whether it was you driving it, your wife, your girlfriend, your, um, your kids, it doesn't make any difference. If you do not nominate the driver, then those demerit points will get applied to your driving license. Mm. If 
you are a juristic entity, then that doesn't happen. Um, if you fail to nominate the driver, and uh, I must add here because it's very important that you only may you, the only time within which you may nominate the driver is within the first 32 days of the real or presumed service of an infringement notice. And if you don't do it in that time, too bad, you've, you've uh, taken that opportunity and flushed it down the loo. Yeah. So, um, if you are the proxy for a juristic entity, then the demerit points will be p applied against the license disc of your vehicle. And when uh -huh. you exceed 15 demerit points, sorry, I, I'm laughing because it's, it's, it's totally idiotic. Um, <laughs> uh, we, if you exceed 15 demerit points on your license disc of your vehicle, your license disc is suspended for three months for each point over 15 that you go. So now an, an entire vehicle is mm. disabled from, from driving on the roads. Wow. When last did you see a vehicle driving down the road um, exceeding the speed limit with no one behind the steering wheel? Oh, the last time it was it was a Google was it one of those Google Maps camera cars. <laughs> that's about yeah, it. That's well, well if you're talking it. about the Tesla and all that kind of stuff, and and, and we're talking about autonomous driving, driving. you know, uh, we, we you know we don't. Uh, I haven't. Uh, in fact, I know for a fact that the first Tesla Model X is being delivered in in South Africa this week. <laughs> Okay, oh, so, so the likelihood of that happening is, is practically Isn't zero. But but get to, get this because this is another butte that goes along with this. If you want to find out about the demerit points that that one of your drivers um, uh, has incurred against his or her driving license, mm -hmm. then you must make an application. Um, to the road traffic infringement agency on a, a prescribed form just to make things nice yeah. and official and you must pay a fee to do that wow. however however if yes. that person is not your employee you may not query yes. what their demerit points are at all oh, okay. lovely. so lovely. so mate comes up from Cape Town and yes. you know Wants to go to the shops, and you say, "Oh no, bugger that! You use my car," and his driving license is is suspended, and he has a crash on the way. Guess yes, what yes. happens? He gets get charged, yeah. and you get get charged with a criminal yeah. offence. One of him driving on a suspended driving license, and two for you allowing him to drive. Honestly, That's madness. Okay, Howard, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll, we'll wrap it up afterwards and Howard will give us a quick quick, uh, quick rundown on the zero alcohol limit in the road traffic and we'll be right back after the break. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. Oh, welcome back to 101.9 High FM. We're chatting to Howard Dubovsky, and it's been quite quite an extensive, extensive chat. I uh, just want to give Howard a 
one minute to, to tell us about the threats of the Road Traffic Amendment Bill and the alcohol-related issues, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and chat to Howard again sometime very soon. Hello, Howard. Okay, so the National Road Traffic, and it's national, by the way, Road Traffic Amendment Bill, uh, proposes that we have a zero-tolerance uh, approach towards alcohol, meaning that you may no longer even have a sip of wine uh, with your meal if you're going to be driving. And uh, look, my suspicion uh, in, in that regard is that we are gearing up towards decriminalizing driving under the influence of alcohol um, and shifting certain tolerance levels into the ARTA Act so you can get a fine uh, if you have a, a, a teaspoon of cough mixture before driving. Um, but, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. As things stand at the moment, uh, if we had that zero uh, level, then you could theoretically be com uh, convicted for taking cough mixture because you've got bronchitis. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have to temper that with a little bit of caution in as much as the conviction rate is so low in, in our country um, that, that the possibility of you being convicted mm. is very low. But the possibility of, be, of you being arrested or stopped and, and having a bribe solicited from you is extremely high and it's going to grow exponentially if that happens. Absolutely it is. Howard, I thank you for your time. It was a wonderful, wonderful chat and we'll definitely make time to have you on the show once again. There's so much detail to go into here on on the Arta Act and all the related bills. I'm sure we could be chatting for hours. Thank you so much, Howard. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to the listeners and um, yeah, have a good one. Lovely, lovely. That was Howard Dubovsky on on Dear Parliament. And we're going to wrap up the show now, and we'll catch you next week at the same time where we'll be talking to somebody else on some rather interesting behind-the-scenes developments in Parliament and how you can actually make a difference in legislation that affects you, your environment, and those around you. Remember to remain democratically engaged, active and responsible. Catch you next time. Thank you very much. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life.